Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway. Today we're going to share the experience of Robert from the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation website. Robert says, It was the day I was to have a cast removed from my arm. I had fallen from my clubhouse roof and broken it. I was playing with my brother and he told me about a neighbor that had built a really nice pool. It was designed for diving, so it was extra deep. We went to investigate it. We were playing around and I tripped and fell in. It would have been nothing except for the cast on my arm. I could not swim with it, so I tried to walk to the ladder. I didn't make it. I remember breathing water in. All of a sudden, it became brighter, and I floated up out of the pool. I could see my body on the bottom of it. My brother was even younger than I was and powerless to retrieve me. He went to tell my mother, and having done so, she became frantic. Two men were painting a home nearby, heard the commotion, and came running to see what was wrong. They were the ones who pulled me out. Someone called the police and an officer arrived. He placed me in the back seat with my mother and sped off towards the hospital. That was some ten minutes away. During all of this, I was floating above my body. The officer grabbed me and ran into the hospital, yelling. I had turned blue and black from anoxia, and someone said, You cannot bring that racial slur in here. Remember, it was uh, 1961, pre-civil rights. They brought me into the emergency room and began to attempt to resuscitate me. They were not having much success. All this time, I was floating around them. I tried to communicate with them, but they did not hear me. I could hear them speaking as well as hearing their thoughts, and they thought it was hopeless. I had no pain or discomfort. Eventually, I began to look around the room and noticed what I can only describe as a black hole or void that followed me around. I somehow recognized it and went into it. I had no fear. When I did this, I found myself in a tunnel of light with a sensation of speed like I was moving faster and faster. I came out the other end into an area that was misty or foggy looking. I heard a voice tell me not to stop, but to keep going. I was flying through this misty space for what it seemed to be a bit of time, and eventually I came to the end. I saw a blackness like a starless sky may look, except there was one light. It seemed so small, so I headed for it. And as I did, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. I was going to enter this light. It was now what might be like standing before the sun, except it was of a pure white light. As I was about to enter it, two large swirling energy forms with human-like shape emerged from it. They asked me, in my mind, what are you doing here? I said, I'm going into the light. They said, it's not your time. I tried to assure them I was going into the light, but they denied my passage. They were adamant that it was not my time. I then noticed I was a ball of light. I no longer had the shape of a human being. 
my consciousness was spherical in all directions at once, and I had a godlike knowing. All at once, I saw my entire life pass before me in minute detail. In fact, I saw much more than words and deeds, but how they affected those around me. I was like energy radiating from, it was like energy radiating from me that rippled out like a pebble tossed into still water and eventually touching everything around it. I saw how my actions hurt others, even indirectly. I was devastated. I had such a great grief. I'm choked up even now thinking about it. Then a beam of light came out of the huge light and enveloped me. I was like a baby in its mother's arms and felt secure and loved and at peace. The two figures showed me how I could look into myself. I did so, and what I saw was like an endless string of pearls of light. I approached one and touched it. I saw an entire lifetime here on earth. I was in what appeared to me 16th century France. I was in military garb and was carrying a sword. I was a drunkard and a braggart and fond of dueling. I died face down in a ditch after being run through the heart. I looked at another. This time I was a soldier in a Grecian phalanx. Again, I was run through the heart and died in battle. I looked again. I was a priest in Egypt and knew the secrets of the temple of, the, of that time. I looked again at yet another, and I was a priest of the temple yet again, but this time in what we call Atlantis. I walked a sacred path for initiates only, and knew the advanced technology of the day and of the pyramids. Again I looked, and this one was different. I was not a human being, but something I can only describe to you as a pan type thing, part goat and part human. I tended flocks of strange creatures on a small planet that was arid and smaller than Earth. It had two large boulders and crystalline structure projecting from the ground. I knew my time was short as they were calling me back, so I went way, way back and touched one last sphere of light. I was a creature that lived in darkness or void without shape and form. They pulled me back, and I was before the light like before. They said I had to return to earth because I had things to do. I told them I didn't want to. I looked out for the first time in the direction I had come, and I saw all of creation. It was like a moment, frozen timeless eternity in an instant. The next thing I knew, I was flying down the tunnel of light again. I popped out into the emergency room and slammed into my body, and everything was back, and there was pain in every part of my body. That is the end of Robert's experience. Okay, here we go. This is very interesting. So, um, when he drowns as a child, if I'm not mistaken, yes, because he says his younger brother was too small to get him out and so forth. Um, he drowns, which, and then he's instantly out of his body. And uh, this 
puts a little bit more credence on that uh, question of when is death, or what is it that, that brings about death, and my theory seems to be at the end of breath and at the end of the heartbeat. And often it's immediately at the stopping point, and often it's just a few seconds or a minute or two at the max after, um, basically the moment you pass out from heart stopping or um, breath being blocked off, it, you, you're going to pop out of the body pretty quick. And so death happens very quickly I, by my definition of death, which is the spirit leaving the body. And while other things kill people, the, this is just some of the fastest, most concise ways. Stop the heart or stop the breath. And so there's something about the breath and the heart that, uh, that have such a strong connection to this mortal life that I find very interesting. Anyway, so as he is going uh, into this void, okay, he goes into this black void, and then he sees this light, this one pinpoint of light, it's like a star in the distance, it's getting bigger and bigger, and finally enveloped him once, it, once he reached the light. He says he saw two swirling energy forms with human-like shape. Okay, this is very characteristic of the kinds of descriptions you get of light beings. I love how they say energy forms. Sometimes they describe electricity. I'm picturing something like those, those spheres that you touch and the electricity, you know, connects with the ends of your fingers and so forth. I'm picturing it looking something like that. I don't know. What else would you call that but energy or electricity? So that's my guess. Um, but they wouldn't let him past. They wouldn't let him past. And then he notices he's a ball of light. And this is what I would call the intelligent consciousness form. Now, um, I, I didn't pick this be in order to maintain a theme because both of these themes came up in the last episode. But... Uh, but it, it's just, you know, I have this collection of, of um, experiences to read when I get around to it. And this was the next in line. And it's interesting to me that these things keep coming up. That, that he is a ball of light. He has no human form. He says, no, I lo no longer had the shape of a human being. That seems to suggest that he was in this conscious intelligence form. Meaning he wasn't in the spirit body form but he was that deeper part of the self that goes even beyond the spirit body. If that's really a thing, I could be wrong. It could be that spirit just takes on different forms, you know, depending on the situation. I don't know, but uh, that's, that's my theory about it. And being in that form seems to make it easier to have things like life reviews and to see um, other people's lives or, or past experiences, future, things like that. It's like that ability to look into oneself is, um, seems to happen more easily in this spirit intelligent form, uh, or at least that it happens more often. I don't know if it, if there's anything about mechanics there, but, uh, that, that suggests that it has to be in this form, but, uh, but it, that's interesting. It's interesting, and I don't know quite what to make of that, but it's that's my guess. And then we get into a clear um, 
idea that points toward reincarnation. And I, I don't avoid the uh, reincarnation experiences. I don't try to avoid anything if I can help it, because I'm trying to give a very clear uh, view of what is being experienced by people, regardless of how they interpret it, regardless of what they say. And it gets harder to reject the idea of reincarnation with all the experiences that happen um, like this. And so if you're one who accepts the idea of reincarnation or is comfortable with it, well, this, this is another, you know, evidence toward that idea. But because of my own personal biases, and I apologize if it offends any of you that I am sharing my own ideas about these things that could be totally off, could be totally way off, but I, I'm a thinker. I love to think about things and, and experiment with ideas and, and you know, consider different possibilities and, and so forth. And I can't help but think about this question of reincarnation, uh, for example, because I don't believe in it. It is, I can't say it's, I can't say it's against what my religion teaches, but my religion doesn't say anything about it. And because of that, I'm left to wonder, you know, if, if maybe I'm just not understanding something about what's going on, which is obviously true also, in addition to whatever else may or may not be the case. But also, you know, it, it makes me wonder, well, could it be that, that reincarnation is not what's happening and that there's some other explanation? And that's the bias part of me that, that suggests that, but I own my bias. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, that's, that's how I am. I, you know, this is a journey of exploration and curiosity and interest. And I'm to the point where I, I can't say that near-death experiences are a hoax. I, I just can't say it. There's too much evidence against that. Now, what are people experiencing in all this? How do we interpret it? Well, there's lots of ways to interpret it. And uh, reincarnation is a very strong explanation for these kinds of experiences. Uh, and let's talk about this. And then we will talk about some of my alternative views on reincarnation and Again, if this offends anybody because you believe in reincarnation, I'm sorry. But for those of you that are like, I'm sorry, reincarnation is one thing I cannot accept. Maybe you'll kind of like these things that I'm saying because I'm one that I'm not ready to accept reincarnation just yet. There just seems to be too, too many other possibilities. And yet, in most things, as you've seen, I'm ready to accept a lot of things. But reincarnation is one that I'm holding out on for as long as I can, let's just say. <laughs> but first off, let's look at what exactly Robert experienced. He says, he says that he was not in the shape of a human being. He's in this, this intelligent consciousness, you know, light ball, and uh, at form, and he sees his entire life pass before him, and uh, in more detail than he could have imagined and how it affected those around him. It was sounds like it was a pretty thorough life review. And then he, he sees after this, okay, he's, he's being, it's like he's being cuddled or um, um, being held in a, a, 
it's you know a baby in its mother's arms felt secure and loved and at peace there's that child in arms idea again and the two figures who remember are holding him back from going forward into the afterlife but but the two figures showed me how i could look into myself i did so and what i saw was like an endless string of pearls of light. I approached one and touched it. And as he touches these, uh, these individual pearls, he sees these different lifetimes on earth and other places, apparently. Um, he sees one in 16th century France. He was in military garb and was carrying a sword. He was a drunkard and a braggart and fond of dueling. So he gets stabbed through the heart. And in, once again, in Greece, he is stabbed through the heart and died in battle. Um, and later he is a priest in Egypt. And later a temple in a temple in Egypt. A priest of a temple in Egypt. And uh, um, participated in some sacred path for initiates only. And knew the advanced technology of the day and of the pyramids. And so that's kind of interesting. And then another one, he's not in human form, but a pan type of being, part goat and part human. I'm kind of picturing, you know, Chronicles of Narnia and, you know, Mr. Tumnus kind of look, I assume. I tended flocks of strange creatures on a small planet that was arid and smaller than Earth. It had large boulders and crystalline structures projecting from the ground. I mean, this almost sounds like a Star Wars episode, you know. I mean, it's just just really alien and quite beautiful sounding, uh, calling me and then says, I knew my time was short. So I went one more, went one more and touched the last sphere of light or one last sphere of light. And in that, I was a creature, he says, that lived in darkness or void without shape or form. So interesting, so bizarre. What do we make of this? Well, the obvious suggestion is reincarnation, that these were all different lives that he had lived. But let me present to you, because right after that he's pulled back into the light and then told he has things to do and then he goes back to his body. Oh, well, first he says, I looked out for the first time in the direction I'd come and saw all of creation. It was like a moment frozen timeless eternity in an instant. I mean, can't, can't let that go. That's just so interesting seeing all of creation. Wow. Wow. And then he's through the tunnel again, popped out in the emergency room, slammed into his body, and pain in every part of his body at that point. And he's back. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, for as promised, let's talk about some of the alternative explanations for these things that suggest reincarnation. Okay. The first... And in the book I'm working on, I have an appendix. It's not really about reincarnation, but I put an appendix just uh, that has these things in a little more detail, uh, these explanations, because, I don't know, even if, even if we were to, you know, accept the idea of reincarnation fully, there are so many people out there that are not ready for it, and having these alternative explanations may ease them into studying near-death experiences until they can become comfortable with the idea that there are things like reincarnation that we don't quite understand what 
that is really about and how it's taking place and and so forth. So um, for the sake of those people and all of you that are listening and interested in other views on reincarnation, here's some that I've come up with. So the first one, experiencing another's life review. There are many near-death experiences where somebody will um, be going toward the light and they sense other people around them and they'll have their life review played out before them. And while they're having this review, they can sense that other people around them, these people that are also going toward the light, can see what they're seeing, can, is it, are experiencing what they are experiencing. It sounds like they are experiencing the, your life review because they're near you and they're you know, in the vicinity of communication with you. And so they experience your life review. Now that sounds to us very invasive. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. I don't want to show strangers my complete life and all of, all of its minute details. But something about the, re- the uh, spirit world is just open and lacking uh, the uh, type of privacy that we would consider as being so important here for more than just our safety, right? You know, I mean, there's some things that are sacred to us, and yet it seems to be much more open. You know, I I would be interested to do a study on privacy in the spirit world. I don't know how that works. I don't. It's a question that I have and, and so forth. But anyway, and so many people who explain that they realize they had different lives, it's possible that they are experiencing the life reviews of those around them. And uh, so, you know, or, yeah, yeah, that uh, that they're experiencing the life reviews of those around them. And so they think that they had multiple lives. And that would also explain why some people say, you know, with the reincarnation thing, that it's it's not just limited to past lives. It's also alternative lives on this planet right now. You know, they're like, I knew of at least three other places I was living at this moment on this earth. And while that's one explanation for the experience that you had, another might be that you're experiencing the life review of other people. And um, which brings us to the next one, which is, is my second explanation being merging. Merging, as we've talked about quite a bit in this podcast, is the idea that spirits can seem to you know, with mutual agreement, they decide they're going to merge and they come together. And I don't know if they, if they're, if they pass into the same space together, you know, walk through each other, what, or if it's just this, you know, mental thing that they do or what, but what happens, what seems to happen is they become, it's as if they're one person for a time, for that time while they're merging, just to experience, to experience each other's lives, to experience each other's thoughts, feelings, their history, just, you know, do you want to get to know me? Here you go. Boom. You know, everything about everything I've ever done in the history of eternity. I mean, it's not necessarily as expansive as that, but it could be. And it seems that sometimes it is. And then other times it's, it's limited to just sharing their life reviews with each other or just sharing their feelings and thoughts at that moment. There's all different levels of merging that take place but it appears that uh, when we merge with someone we get to experience their life review and so like the uh you know seeing another person's life um who is traveling through the tunnel as you're having your life review it could be also that 
that we're when we merge with another person, we see their life review, and maybe they lived, you know, two thousand years ago, and so that memory of their life, when we return back in our mortal bodies, and we have to sort through this this experience that we had, and we're trying to figure out what's going on. Well, I remember at least two life reviews. One was mine, and then one was when I was you know, back in ancient Greece or whatever, you know, and, and they're experiencing this other uh, life that uh, that somebody else shared with them while they were there. And most people do forget aspects of their near-death experience, and it's possible that the fact that that's somebody else's life and not theirs may have easily slipped their poor mortal minds, I mean, when they return. Okay, another uh, explanation, pre-mortal preparation merging. And this is one that may actually be an explanation for this um, experience we've just read. So knowing what we know about life reviews, knowing what we know about merging, and admittedly, we don't know a lot about either, but what we do know is pretty amazing. And uh, knowing that about those things, we if we were preparing for eternity to come to earth, or some mortal world, whatever, if, if we've been preparing for a long time for it, it's not unreasonable to me to think that perhaps we could have been invited to merge with some who have been to this earth and experience their life reviews or just be shown their life reviews in order to prepare us for life. And knowing what we know about, you know, our purposes on earth, if you, if you were going to be coming down to, you know, knowing that you as a spirit struggled with, um, maybe being too, too giving, if you will, of yourself. So, you know, the kind of personalities where if, if I come and ask you to do something, you'll just do it, even if it is a real problem for you to do it. And therefore you're easily taken advantage of and, and so forth somebody like that, they're going to experience a life in order to learn the lessons needed for that spirit, not necessarily because they were like that, but because the lessons that were learned from having that kind of life were really valuable to that individual, some things that they wanted to learn or that God felt that they needed to learn. And so they go to class, if you will, to for lack of a better word, and they're learning the things that they need to prepare for, and they are given the opportunity. What if, this is my suggestion, what if they are given the opportunity to see and experience the lives of others? Maybe even to come to earth and live, you know, be alongside them as guardian angels, as, as you know, uh, someone to to experience what they're experiencing, or, or if they, you know, maybe they had this experience and they're like, you know what, those lessons that you've had and the things that you're going into uh, to experience, it's a very good chance, or I, I have my own life that if I shared it with you, it could give you some of the insights that you need to prepare you to experience what you need to, to overcome what you need to, to learn the lessons that you need to. And so you're, you merge with that individual, you experience their life review, and you remember the life review is more expansive than the actual life. And so to experience somebody's life review to some extent, minus some of the actual physical pain and things like that that you can't experience as a spirit, is as uh, 
is going to be as expansive as actually experiencing it yourself. Okay. And so, and so to have a life review of someone else's, well, you might as well have just lived that life yourself for all of the experience that you have in experiencing that life review. Does that make sense? I hope so. And I wonder if in our preparations to come to earth, we were, we were teamed up with people that had the kinds of life experiences that we needed to have, um, that, uh, or that interested us, or, you know, in that time it may have been, I I can't help think from what some near-death experiencers, um, see or talk about that, uh, it seems that it's almost like watching movies there. You know, here we go to watch a movie, not necessarily, I mean, we say to escape, but that's not really why we go. We go to be entertained and to enjoy the experience of following a character through their their adventures. And we, we want the adventure. And yet we like the safety of not being that person. But we love going to the movies, experiencing it, be able to walk out of the theater and talk about it, laugh about it, be able to to, you know, have that shared experience as individuals. You know, when we talk about um, um, when, for example, the new Star Wars episode came out, the first of the, you know, new ones since the original three, and people were just talking and talking and talking about it. It was the thing to talk about. And I get the impression, I could be wrong, but I get the impression that spirits on the other side, at least many of them, want to see the new movie they want when somebody returns they want to share that with you and they want to see the new movie uh that's that's come out so to speak and i don't know if it's an entertainment thing if it's an educational thing my guess is that it's a combination of both as well as as all of the amazing lessons and love and learning and and everything that somebody experiences from life everything that you experience can be shared which makes the whole of all the spirits out there wiser and stronger and more informed and more compassionate because i mean that's empathy at its extreme let's just let's just put it as it is that's extreme empathy extreme compassion if you have the ability to experience on some level somebody else's entire life it's kind of insane but kind of cool too and that seems to be a possibility. And so my suggestion is that maybe we were given some of those um, options to see those things before coming to prepare us. So when uh, somebody in their life review, or life, I mean, sorry, their near-death experience sees past lives, they're getting that review of the movie again that they'd seen. And one of the things that adds a level of, you know, weight to that possibility is the fact that there's a lot of people, um, a lot of near-death experiencers that were really big famous characters. You know, like how many have said, I I realized that I was Cleopatra in a previous life. There's a lot of people who have been Cleopatra in a previous life, according to their near-death experiences. And it's easy to say, oh, well, that's cool. Uh, until you see, wait a minute, well, was it this person or this person? And then unless you're willing to start looking at the idea, well, maybe that person is actually 50 people. And I'm, come on, come on. You know, we'll we'll get more into uh, some other explanations that lend to that uh, 
some further explanation of that. But uh, but this idea of, you know, I mean, how, and, and there there have been a ton too that have talked about having lived in Atlantis. I'm not even sure what Atlantis is, or if it even really existed. But apparently, many people have experienced some level of life review of having lived on Atlantis. So what can we say about that? Well, one of the possibilities is that if there was such a place as Atlantis, that we were all very interested in it, and we all experienced that, or many of us experienced those life reviews, merged with those people. The other possibility is that that was a story we came up with together, and it's one we all shared and had a great time with. Not all, but many of us loved and shared, kind of like a movie, and we we all enjoyed Star Wars, and, and so it's a shared experience. Many of us get to experience that review of living on Atlantis and, and kind of our own little spiritual adventure. I don't know. I don't know. It's just another, like I said... Um, possible explanation. Here's another reincarnation explanation, and it kind of branches off the last one. Oneness with everything. This is a theme that comes up in many, many near-death experiences, this idea of feeling at one with everything. And, and you know, the uh, uh, Mary, ah, Mary something or other, uh, she says that she, as she expanded outward, she was she realized she was a tree looking at another tree that is looking back at her who was the tree and she's this other tree looking at the other her that was a tree and and so forth and it was just like she's like it was amazing and 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 she talks about how she was a planet and she was a, a, an atom and and all these things and this complete oneness with everything could be an explanation of why we could feel like we have been more than one person on the earth. I mean, why wouldn't we? If we can feel so at one with them that we have to, when we come back, we question, well, was that me? Or was that another person that, uh, that I connected with in some way? And that's why many people, I suspect, say that it's it's not even just reincarnation. It's like, it's like multiple incarnations of many people at any given time. And they talk about this as if, you know, our spirits can split into many parts and be many different people at once. And, I mean, you know, I, who am I as a mere mortal to be able to explain that away in some way. But the sense of oneness, the sense of of being able to step outside of yourself and experience the whole of the universe or any individual within it might be a pretty clear explanation for why we might think that we've been many other things. And that's why some people say, you know, I experienced God. I was God and God was me. Well, that's that may be true in the sense that we are all one as an infinite universe. We're all one thing. And yet we're also individuals with individual agency. And how do you account for that? Well, this oneness sense that, uh, that we tend to have. And I should mention, it seems that in the, in the conscious intelligence form, these kinds of things seem to happen more often. 
I'm keeping an eye out for experiences where somebody is in a body form and has this sense of oneness with the entire universe and merging and, and so forth while having this spirit body that looks like the physical body. Anyway. Okay, and then we start getting into a couple of a little more or less comfortable explanations for uh, spirit, I mean, for, for uh, reincarnation. Uh, the first being spirit possession. We've heard of the idea of being possessed by a demon or a devil or whatever. And there is some, you know, from these studies, there is some credence to that idea. And there are people who have had demonic possession or, you know, some kind of unworthy or un you know, uh, some malicious spirit come in them and try to possess them. And this is where things get a little weird because it almost appears that merging, um, that, that spirit possession is kind of like rape. Okay. So spiritual possession being this idea of physically forcing your spiritual self onto someone else's spiritual self to be in their body or be, you know, to merge with them in some way against their will. It's, you know, you might say that spirit possession is, or, or that uh, merging is to sexual intimacy what rape is to, uh, or what, uh, what spirit possession is to rape. I, I think that's a fair analogy um, I don't think that uh, merging is generally as uh, as uh, monogamous, if you will, as uh, as sexual intimacy. So I'm not trying to suggest that it's intimate on that uh, you know married couple sort of way, um, because people are merging with God and they're merging with their grandparents or their parents or and and their siblings and so forth all the time it's not something that's that's um quite as intimate in its intent but it is something that is very incredibly encompassing and loving and it's a wonderful thing and so um spirit possession. Anyway, the point is one of the places that we get the idea of reincarnation from is the, uh, the past life regressions uh, is from past life regressions. Now, if you haven't heard of past life regression, it's this idea of going to a hypnotist who is trained in this, um, past life regression and going under hypnosis and being asked to, this, this is um, a common method anyway, um, of doing a past life regression, going back to maybe your childhood and remembering some things from childhood, then going further back to remember from really early childhood, even going back to your birth or things surrounding that, and then being encouraged to keep going back. And what people often do when they keep going back like that is that they will often see what seem to be previous lives. They'll see, you know, I was in, you know, Taiwan in the 1800s and, you know, a farmer and I'm so sad about my sheep dying off or whatever. And there's these, these intense emotional experiences that they have. And when they come out of these kind of experiences, they're like, what? You know, 
was that my life before that? I mean, I, it's a memory. I remember it now. Why do I remember something that I never experienced? And the explanation being reincarnation. Well, there is another possibility with regard to that, besides the ones that we've already described, merging and all that stuff, you know, because um, they could be memories from a past, you know, merging from before life and so forth. But here's another possibility. We got to remember that the earth is crawling with spirits of good and bad on this earth. Um, many lost spirits, many who refuse to go to the light. And those account for a lot of the, you know, uncomfortable paranormal kinds of experiences that people have, you know, and there are other explanations for those kinds of experiences as well. But I think there, it, that it's fair to say that there are probably many um, spirits, either sad or angry or or just not wanting to leave. You know, they, they could be innocent enough and they experienced life back in 1800s in Taiwan and, and they just, they, they feel some connection to this life and they want to connect with mortals here. And, and so it could be that being in that frame of mind as a person is, they merge with them. It may not be with a violent intent you know, it may, because I mean, this person is obviously reaching for something spiritual in doing a past life regression. It could be that, it, you know, think about it. If you were a spirit wandering this earth and trying to make connection with mortals, and you know of a past life regressionist that opens people's hearts to the possibility of connecting with spirits and so forth you might congregate around them and just wait for your turn or even try to get yours in at the same time as others. And, and somebody may experience multiple other lives that are actually spirits that are wandering the earth and, and they come to experience this connection with mortality so that somebody is feeling what they feel and somebody experiences what they experience, experienced on this earth. And, and somebody comes out of it thinking that was a previous life. When real, in reality, they may be they may have merged with that person and saw some or all of their life and they come out of it saying i had this other life i can't believe it and then they some people even go and they search out this other person and while few find them occasionally somebody does and they're like that's the person that's them and uh they could be male female whatever and there's no seems to be no connection to who they are now, but it's a memory of a life before this life. And a possible explanation is that a spirit, either maliciously or innocently, but, you know, not intending to deceive necessarily, but um, wanting to make a connection, comes and, and experiences uh, and gives that person that experience of merging with them. That is a, a possible explanation. Okay, another one is the practice run. Another explanation for reincarnation. The practice run. This is an interesting one, and it's similar to what we talked about, about spirits being able to experience the, you know, say merge with uh, spirits that have already been to the earth in order to learn and, and prepare and so forth. There is also 
there also seems to be those who go and they experience in their preparations to come to earth the choice of when to come and they may get a little bit of a trial run. So they're given something of an experience or a life review of what they would experience if they went to this um, time period. There's specifically one lady, excuse me, that um, that talks about um, thinking that she kind of wanted to go to the Civil War period. And she, uh, and so she's shown with her guide there, shown what her life will be like if she goes to the Civil War period. And she comes out of it and she says, uh, I, I really don't like the war or the, the, ba- the, the violence. I, I'm just not into that. Maybe, maybe I should try another time. And they're, and they're shown this lifetime and they say, yeah, that's a lot less violent. I think I'll, I think I'll go with that one. And, uh, if she on this life in this life were to have gone and done maybe a past life regression or or maybe she had in her experience you know blocks of what she could and couldn't remember and she couldn't remember the uh, guide show getting her ready to say say well here's a possible life you could live and all she remembers is that life then she could easily conclude well this was a previous life that i lived when in reality it was a practice run it was a it was a, a, a pre-life review or a life preview of what her life would be like if she had gone to that time. So that's another explan- possible explanation. Another is one that Betty Eadie gives that is cellular memory. We talked about that in one of the previous episodes about reincarnation. Um, it's the idea that within our bodies, within our cells down to the genetic code that we have, everything comes with its own level of memories. Okay, so I'm born with this body that is half my father's and half my mother's. And each of them, my father and mother, were born with a genetic code that is half their parent, their moms, half their dads. Or, you know, maybe you, you geneticists out there will correct me and say it's 100% of each and only 50% manifest, whatever. I, you know, basically you're getting information from previous generations. And that information is coded into our very cells. And she says, um, Betty Eady says, as I understood this, I saw again the spirits who had not yet come to earth. I saw them hovering over people in mortality. I saw one male spirit trying to get a mortal man and woman together on earth, his future parents. He was playing Cupid and was having a very difficult time. The man and woman seemed to want to go in opposite directions and were unwittingly very uncooperative. This male spirit was coaching them, speaking to them, trying to persuade them to get together. Other spirits became concerned as they saw this difficulty and they took up the cause, several of them trying to corral these two young people. (laughs) She goes on and says, I was told that we had bonded together in the spirit world with spirit with certain spirit brothers and sisters, those we felt especially close to. My escorts explained that we are covenanted with these spirits to come to earth as family or friends. The spiritual bonding, this spiritual bonding, was a result of the love we developed for each other over an eternity of being together. We also chose to come to earth with certain others because of the work we would do together. Some of us wanted to unite 
in a cause to change certain things on earth. And we could best do it with certain circumstances brought about by selected parents or others. Some of us simply wanted to strengthen a course already set to pave the way for those who follow. We understood the influences we would have upon each other in this life and the physical and behavioral attributes we would receive from our families. We were aware of the genetic coding of our mortal bodies and the particular physical features we would have. We wanted and needed these. We understood that memories would be contained in the cells of our bodies. This was an idea that was completely new to me. I learned that all thoughts and experiences in our lives are recorded in our subconscious minds. They are also recorded in our cells so that not only is each cell imprinted with a genetic coding, but it is also imprinted with every experience we have ever had. Further, I understood that these memories, this is still uh, Betty Eadie talking, further I understood that these memories are passed down through the genetic coding to our children. These memories then account for many of the passed on traits in families, such as addictive tendencies, fears, strengths, and so forth. I also learned that we do not have repeated lives on this earth. When we seem to remember a past life, we are actually recalling memories contained in the cells. I also, or I saw, that we understood all the challenges of our complicated me me physical makeup, and we were confident in accepting these circumstances. That's the end of the quote by Betty Eadie. And, you know, these... Uh, denials of reincarnation by several who experienced near-death experiences and were told that this is how it works is one of the reasons that I can't readily accept it. Some saying this is a thing, others saying this is not a thing. The contradiction suggests that there's more here going on than we know. Uh, okay, anyway, another explanation. Guardian angel memories. Kim Rives uh, had an example of, of where she was told that uh, we could be guardian angels to others previous to our own mortality. And she says, for example, my son was totally into the Titanic for many years. He couldn't get enough about the Titanic. I honestly believe that he probably wasn't a guardian, that he was a guardian angel that was to help the people on the Titanic when they were dying. Before he came to earth, he was probably one of their ministering angels. And people that say they've had other lives, I feel like they're probably really literally remembering when they helped someone while in spirit form. That's my take on it, she says. She also says about it, what I saw was that we have a pre-existence and then we came down here to mortality to get a body and then we will return into spirit form and eventually be resurrected with our bodies. That was my understanding. And then she goes on and says, I don't want to offend anybody. That's, you know, this is my interpretation. I don't, if you don't agree with me, please don't be offended and so forth. And that's kind of my attitude about all of this that I'm saying too. This is my thoughts on the issue. You know, don't take it as, as what near-death experience research shows because research uh, or near-death research shows all kinds of things that many of which seem contradictory, um, such as this, yes, there's reincarnation. No, there's not, you know, reincarnation. Anyway, another explanation is the multiple afterlife philosophies. Okay, this one's 
um, a little bit interesting because this branches off uh, what because uh, some people I've, I've I've very rarely heard I can only think of maybe one or two circumstances where somebody a being from the other side told the person that reincarnation is a thing that they do are reborn um, over and over. Um, and the idea is this, that in the spirit world, um, it seems that there are different explanations for what is actually going on, that there's different ideas of what's really going on I I with life and with why we have life and, and so forth. You know, think about it, even with what we know about earth life here, there's different philosophy different philosophies of what is going on around us, how creation of the earth actually happened. You know, Darwin has one explanation. Others have other explanations that that are just as scientific. Uh, and, uh, you know, what science in general um, ha is holding to right now is kind of a combination of these different theories that make up uh, what science holds to in general right now, for example, around, you know, there's different philosophies about, you know, you talk to Einstein uh, about his ideas of relativity. There's others that say, no, 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 that's not what's going on. This is going on. Just as we have different philosophies here, it appears that there are different philosophies there. Now, they are not as contentious as they are here. In fact, they are not contentious at all. It seems that people are comfortable with the differences of the ideas that people have on the other side. And so this idea of, uh, you know, if, for example, there's this oneness that everybody can connect with every other thing in the universe in some way, you know, and, and yet we're individuals, I can see spirits concluding that, uh, you know, for example, one might have the philosophy that actually we do experience every molecule, you know, being every molecule in the universe. I mean, we're here for eternity, right? So why couldn't we have a turn everybody being Adolf Hitler and everybody being Jesus and everybody being, you know what I'm saying? It's, that's a, I, I wouldn't subscribe to that by any means, but you can see how somebody could conclude that idea. And on one level in that we can experience them in this full complete level, it kind of makes sense that you might say that that's what is happening. And that maybe even this mortal life, being the illusion that it is, that uh, life reviews are actually all that is really happening. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can get this really twisted and out there, but why shouldn't there be different philosophies or belief systems on the other side? And yet, they have access to all truth, but the more truth you know, the more leeway you have to um, point to different kinds of ideas about what's going on. And they may seem to us to all be saying the same thing, or maybe to all be saying completely different things, when in reality, they're kind of different views on the same issue. You know what I'm, I don't know. Anyway, the point being the idea that, uh, that, there are multiple afterlife philosophies. And uh, whether that's really the case or not, I mean, I think we have to acknowledge that there are different understandings of things 
on the other side to some extent, and so it just kind of seems plausible to me. And the last uh, explanation that I have for uh, reincarnation as the idea of reincarnation is just the concept that there's more going on than what we see. To suggest that, oh, well, it's that we are having multiple mortal lives might be way oversimplistic. Or just saying, oh, well, it's it's because we're experiencing other people's life reviews or whatever, may be way too simplistic. It may be that there's just more going on in the universe than we know. And that even if we see what is actually going on and we come back in the mortal life and we're like, well, I, I, I guess that it must be that this is happening. And it's the best we can come up with, even if it's way off. I, You know, it's it's the kind of idea that there's so much more than what we think there is. And in an eternity of living and existing, no doubt we have had adventure upon adventure upon adventure of so many sorts and types that could be something besides mortal lives, but could be experiencing life in some other way. I mean, when I look back on my childhood, I seem like a totally different person. And I look at the, the experiences I had, and I would, I would never react that way now, ever. And yet I did back then. It was as if I was a totally different person. And because I'm still in this life, and I can pan, pan out my life and put it on a timeline and so forth, I can see it's not that I've had different lives here. It's that I've had different experiences in life, and so I'm a different person than I was. And think, take that to the eternal or eternity, and, and see, you know, am I the same spirit now as I was five billion years ago? Well, yes, but no. Yes, you're the same spirit, but no, you're not the same personality, you're not the same individual. So, because you've changed, you've learned, you've grown, you've expanded yourself. And so, in all of that, you know, whether we conclude that reincarnation is the explanation for all this other experiences that we remember, or whether it's that that there is just more to our existence than, you know, living in bliss and then living in, you know, this difficult physical thing and then going back to bliss. I mean, there's, there's, there's more to it than that. I think it's fair to conclude there's more to it than that. And, and just leaving it to this question of, or this, this idea that there's just more going on than what we can yet understand or what we do yet understand. Does that mean we shouldn't explore? No, we should absolutely explore. We should absolutely seek the answers. Um, but just having enough skepticism, true skepticism, meaning, meaning willingness not to come to absolute conclusions about things, enough of an openness to say, well, this is my understanding so far, but hey, I'm ready to to explore more ideas and, and consider other possibilities. I think that's a healthy thing to do anyway. So there's a few of my alternate explanations for reincarnation. Again, I hope I didn't offend anyone who believes in reincarnation. Again, these don't these are not evidence against it by any means. They are just alternate explanations for it. So um, I think that it's valuable to have those in our our thought processes about these things just because there is so much about 
the afterlife that we don't understand. And just having the ability to say, well, it could be this, or it could be this, or it could be that, regarding everything, um, is healthy. And honestly, when when you look at what science is doing and saying, well, that's just the brain, you know, doing this, or that's just lack of oxygen, or that's just, you know, the dying moments, the light is this, you're just coming up with conclusions that are just limiting so much. It's like, why would you, okay, have that as a possible explanation, but have it as one of many possible explanations and not just one of them but many of these explanations being there is an afterlife there is life beyond this this life um have that as a possibility even if it's not the one that you tend to hold to explore these things because otherwise you're just limiting yourself to what you want to hear and want to learn so anyway if you would like to support the podcast, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash ndecast. If you would like to contact the podcast to share your own experience, your own thoughts, or your own, uh, or, or just ask a question, you can do that by, go, by emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDECast. And with that, thank you again, all of you so much again for listening.